This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Thank you, Brother David. I'd help the Lord. I want to speak to you today on the subject. Paul, the Pharisee who became a Christian. Paul, the Pharisee who became a Christian. I'd like to read to you, if I may, from these about eight or nine verses from Acts chapter 9. Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way whether they were men or women he might bring them bound to Jerusalem and when he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him Saul, Saul why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth. When his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. He was there three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink. Father, give us a little clearer understanding of this passage for your own great glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Saul was comfort uh, was confronted by the Lord Jesus and he became a new man when you and I were saved we were confronted by the Lord and we were brought to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ you see as Paul was by nature 
The Lord could not use him. And the same thing is true of every human being. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. A great change took place in Saul of Tarsus when he was born again. He became a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new to him. He's a new man in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice first of all, in verses 1 and 2, the rebellion of Saul. And the reason for the rebellion was Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter. All of that coming from an unregenerate heart. Saul was not saved. He's breathing out threatenings and slaughter against anybody who was a believer in Jesus Christ. And he was ready to do whatever he could to, I guess, have them arrested and brought to Jerusalem to stand trial. What's the charge? Being a believer in Jesus Christ. That's the charge. Trusting Christ as Savior. The reach of this rebellion is in verse number 2. Well into other cities to Damascus, to the synagogues. And if you found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound. Ah, this is the reach of his rebellion. Anybody that believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the result of this rebellion uh, in the B part of verse number 2, whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. He's, re- he's out to get anybody that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You talk about a rebellious heart. Saul of Tarsus had a very rebellious heart before he got saved. I can't say I was any better. But I want you to notice the revelation of Jesus Christ in verses 3 through 6. We find here a light from heaven shines uh, down to them. And as they journeyed, they came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about them a light from heaven. But then not only is a light from heaven, but notice there's a voice in verse number 4, and they fell to the earth, and I heard a voice. Saw a light and heard a voice saying unto him, 
Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Well, this is a question from the Lord Jesus in verse number 4. Why persecutest thou me? Saul, Saul. And then the question from Saul in verse number 5, we find he asked, Who art thou, Lord? And then the answer in the B part of verse 5 said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. The pricks. Before a person is saved, the Spirit of God begins to work on them. You might describe it as prick. The Spirit of God pricking their heart. Bringing them to repentance. A man may go for years as a lost man, but then there come a time in his life when the Spirit of God then begins to work on him, and boy, it's not like what it used to be. He's having problems. The Spirit of God is beginning to prick at his heart and bringing him to repentance. Seen a few times of that sort of thing in the life of someone. Some of you may have been like myself. You're rather converted uh, suddenly. I suppose I didn't even realize I was lost until the day that I got saved. But others came to the realization that they were lost and then they wrestled with conviction for a period of time. For some folks, it might be days, weeks, months, maybe longer for some folks. Conviction of sin, lost. And oh, the pricking of the Spirit of God. And you're talking about a tough time. I've seen some folks who had a tough time with it before they finally came to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, for you and for me who got saved and it just seemed like rather easy, we need to be grateful and thankful but for some folks, they had a very difficult time coming to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. Uh, I've heard men talk about going to bed at night and then being afraid to go to sleep. Fear that they might die during the night and go to hell. I never had any such things. Never, never had any such dreams as that. But thank the Lord for conviction of sin ever how long it took and bringing you to the Lord Jesus Christ. With myself and for some of you, 
It didn't take long. But for others, oh my, some people, took, it took a long time for them finally to come to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we find here the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the light from heaven in verse number 3, the voice from heaven in verse number 4, and then the question from the Lord Jesus Christ, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Then the question from Saul in verse 5 in the A part, Who art thou, Lord? He didn't know who this was. And the answer from Jesus in verse 5 in the B part of the verse, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, a sincere question from Saul in a part of verse number 6. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? You know what, folks? That's generally the way it always goes. A man comes to a place of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the first things he wants, oh Lord, what do you want me to do now? Lord, what would you have me do now? Well, most generally, the first thing for you to do is get baptized. Get baptized. And uh, that's generally what we see. As to get saved, the first thing out of the hat. I remember years ago, man made profession of faith and uh, we seemed to have a tough time of it and uh, went on for a while and uh, finally brother T.B. Freeman sat down with him and said uh, let's go back to when you made profession of faith and see if we can figure out what the problem is he said, now, you got saved and then you got baptized. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't get baptized. I've never been baptized. Oh, Brother Trimble said, maybe I think we found a problem already. You missed the first step out of the boat. Yep. The very first thing you're supposed to have done after you made profession of faith is to be baptized and you've never done that. Well, let me tell you something, folks. It don't do to try to bypass baptism. Yep. Baptism doesn't save. Correct. Baptism doesn't even help save. Correct. But baptism is your first act of obedience. Yep. The first thing you should, should do after you get saved is get baptized. You can't even join a church until you've been baptized. You can't take the Lord's Supper until you've been baptized. You can't do anything as a believer until you've been baptized. Well, that's important. Get baptized. So, the sincere question from Saul, he seemed 
Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And then the command from the Savior in verse in the B part of verse 6, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Go ahead and go on into the city, and it will be told thee what thou must do. Now, I want you to notice the reaction to the revelation how Saul's followers reacted in verse number 7. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Now, notice how Saul himself reacted in uh, verses 8 and 9. Saul arose from the earth and when his eyes were opened he saw no man he's blind but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus and he was there three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink you know Three days without sight. That's a long time. I'm glad I never had an experience like that. But it was providence of the Lord that He did. But don't you notice the response of Ananias? Uh, here in verses 10 through 16, he had a vision from the Lord. There was a disciple named Damascus, named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in the vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, <laughs> I've heard much of this uh, man. How much evil he hath done to thy saints in Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Oh my. But the Lord said to him, Go thy way. For he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And verse 17, Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hand on him said, Brother Saul, 
the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou must receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately in verse 18, they fell from his eyes as it had been scales and received his sight and rose and was, what's that word? Baptized. First act of obedience after you get saved. Get baptized. He had a vision. Yeah. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was saw certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. Now, <clears throat> thank the Lord for the story of the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was a very he was a very sincere man against the cause of Christ before he got saved. But when the Lord Jesus brought him to repentance and faith all of the strength that he gave against the cause of Christ, all that strength went toward the cause of Christ and in the cause of Christ. Much of what you and I know today, we learn from the Apostle Paul, who was so against the cause of Christ, but we have learned so much from him. It was after he got saved. We still can today. We still learn from him. The reading of Paul, and he was ready to preach in verse number 20. The Bible says here, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Before he did the opposite. Yep. But now that he knows the Lord Jesus as his Savior, he's able to preach that he is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. But he didn't see that before. You'd be surprised at the things that you learn after you get saved. Your eyes are opened. You're able to see what you could not see before. Your ears are open. You're able to hear things you couldn't hear before. Well, Saul of Tarsus is one of those. After he got saved, he's a new man in Christ Jesus. And he preached differently. A lot of folks, they're ready to put him to death. They didn't like it. They didn't like the change in him at all. He was ready for persecution in verses 20 through 22 through uh, 29. And it says here that after many days they were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their lying in wait was known of Saul. 
And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. When the disciples took him by night, they let him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed uh, to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas, in verse 27, took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus and was with them and coming in and going out of Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians but they went about to slow it, to slay him. Well, it's a sad thing that they did that sort of thing, ready to put him to death. But uh, he was ready for persecution, and he's ready for peril. Uh, in first, rather, Second Corinthians. Turn there with me, if you will. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and drop your eye down to verse 24. The Bible says here, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes. This is Paul talking. He says, five times received I forty stripes, save one. That's 39. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day. I have been in the deep, in journeyings oft, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. He is ready for peril. I thank the Lord that in His divine providence, He's used me for a number of years. But what you see here in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11 verses 25 through 27 Paul describes what he's been through. Folks, I've never suffered anything like that. I'm talking about 2 Corinthians 11, 25-6 and 7. Not me. But the Lord has seen fit to use me anyway in spite of the fact I have not had to suffer. God has been so good to me. 
And I don't deserve it, not even a little bit. God has been so good to me. But Paul was willing to exert as much effort and even more power for the cause of Christ as he was used again and again in the cause of Christ. God used him immensely how the Lord used the Apostle Paul. And still using him today, it's written here in the Word of God, and we're able to read it in the Word of God, and we're strengthened by it. And when new people come to know Christ as their Savior, they open up the Scriptures and they read what the Apostle Paul wrote. It's still being used today. Thank God for it. You thank God that in the providence of God, you yourself, you heard the Gospel. I look at my congregation today, to my knowledge, every one of you, without exception, are professing believers in the Lord Jesus. We need to be grateful and thankful. We also need to pray that the Lord would help us in reaching some lost people. Wouldn't it be nice to have some people assemble with us who do not know Christ as their Savior? They might hear the Gospel. Trust Christ as their Savior. That's all stand, please. <coughs> Let's bow our heads. Brother Ray Roberge, are you leading us in our closing prayer, please? Our most gracious and heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for what we heard and learned in your house today. Thank you for all of those who were able to attend. Thank you for those whom you have used throughout history to bring people to repentance and faith in your name. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for all who preach and teach from your word. Pastor Danny, Wade, Miss Kay, thank you for the ability to read your word. Thank you for using me on Wednesdays and bringing me, <coughs> giving me messages to bring to your people. <coughs> thank you so much for all of the wonderful things that you do. But thank you so, so much for the Lord Jesus that died on the cross so we could spend an eternity with you and Him in heaven and in whose precious holy name we always do pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.